Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Tom Miller. I'm the owner of Leaders Building Leaders. I'm really, really excited to spend a little bit of time with you today, specifically around this, uh, this uh, topic that I just learned recently from the John Maxwell uh, conference uh, from John himself. And, and I don't know about you, but there's just something about being surrounded by uh, 2,000 like-minded, you know, values-oriented, mission-based individuals, right? John calls them possibilists. He calls, them, calls all of us uh, possibilists. Uh, so we can achieve um, anything that we that believe is possible. So, so this is one of the lessons that I learned from John, and this was the lesson that uh, you that you most asked that that you wanted me to share first. So, um, so grab a pen, grab some paper, and uh, and and you're going to learn here. So I'm going to move my microphone so it's out of your way. All right. So, you know, think on this. To have a large movement, right? To have a large movement, you need to first really start with some small actions. So, you know, all of us have had great visions and um, this, this picture of, of what we believe, you know, success looks like, but everything starts with a small action, right? So that, you know, first actions, you have to be thinking like, I, you know, I've got to lean in to help, right? I've got to lean in to help. So this, so this lesson, we're going to be talking about <laughs> coaching people up or coaching people out. And if you're a leader of your organization or of your team, you know, you need to understand that the, the people closest to you will determine your overall success, right? It doesn't matter in any project, no matter the size of your organization, the people closest to you are going to determine your overall success. And you need to know how to be able to coach people up or coach them out. Now, out could mean... Uh, out of their current position, right? Or out of their organization, right? Out of their uh, position could be that they were, just, they were just hired into something that they're not skilled to do. And we call that the Peter Principle. And, and in education, I see that a lot. And the Peter Principle says that everybody's gonna get promoted into, you know, you know, into incompetence, right? Into a position or a responsibility of incompetence because they don't have the training. So this is all about coaching people up so they can meet those goals and expectations or coaching people out, out of their position or maybe even out of the organization. So here's a fact. Some people just don't want to change, right? They, you know, they, they don't have a desire to, yeah, uh, to change. And this, and this can be a huge problem in your organization that, to be honest, is completely out of your control. You can't force people to change and you shouldn't be spending uh, enormous amounts of time trying to convince people that that they've that they've got to get better. You just don't have enough time to do that. So 
um, this is either a will issue, right? A will motivation or a skill issue, as I was, you know, speaking about uh, before. And so these 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 uh, people need one of three things: one, coach them up, right? You've determined that it's not a will issue; it's a skill issue. They need, you know, coaching up. And even if it's a will issue, you could you could coach, you know, people to a slightly better attitude, right? Or a you know, slightly better um, you know, standing in the organization or how they feel about you know, themselves. But ultimately, they have to make that you know, change. Uh, they need to be either coached out, right? Again, new position or, or um, out. <laughs> or, you know, coaching them out, right? Help, help them find a new job. Releasing them from their weaknesses, right? So you're releasing them from their weaknesses in your organization to stay, or you're just releasing, you know, the pressure that they may feel ultimately because you're working there just might be just as stressful on them as it is on you. Now, some of us are not good enough to be able to do this, right? We don't have the coaching skills or we don't have the patience to do so, right? So, but we need to understand and, and really make sure that we're spending the correct amount of time with uh, people. And the majority of your time, 60 to 80% of your day, needs to be spent with your top people, your top people, not these people at the bottom that need to be coached up or out, right? This is, you know, this is a different conversation, okay? So I'm not talking about your top uh, people. These are, right now we're gonna talk about the people at the bottom, but the majority of your day needs to be spent with your top uh, people. And I've got some other lessons on that that I you know, recently put out. So, um, the law of the chain, the law of the chain says that the team is impacted by its weakest link, right? The team is impacted by its weakest link and gross growth equals change, right? Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. And this is where the, the, the motivation has to come. You know, you know, people need to be willing to work to get better, to work to improve. So, you know, again, if you, you know, you know, if you got a piece of paper right at the very top, <laughs> draw a line and write the word uh, there, right? There, right? there is your end vision. There is the goal. There is this individual working at the optimum level, whatever your expectations and key results are for that person, okay? And at the bottom of your piece of paper, write the word here, here, a line with here. And this is where you are now, right? It's your current reality. And in between here to there is growth, right? The word growth. And this could be, you know, training. This could be mentoring. This could be, you know, coaching. This could be reading books. It's different actions in order to get from here to there. And this is what you'll be doing as, as a leader. So, so you've got your here, you know, uh, to there. It's your job as the leader to, to communicate with clarity what there is what are the expectations that you need them to meet right what are the what are the uh, outcomes and the key result areas of this particular job and it's also your job to communicate here <laughs> this is where you are this is your current reality this is where i see you and that growth in between it's also your job as the leader to help build a plan for them to get to here to there. Now, training alone will not create the change that you need to see. 
Now the research shows that training alone only, only provides about 20% of that growth, right? 20% of that retention towards the growth that you need. And so um, actually, I mean, if you think about it, if you've been to any conference, I just came away from five days with John Maxwell and other thought leaders and you know, those residual effects only last a couple of days. If you don't have those built-in habits, you know, you send someone to a training, it's not gonna always last long, right? It's only gonna last maybe like a couple of days of their you know, energy. They just go back into their regular habits because that's what they know. You know, people do what they know, all right? So it, you need follow-up application and practice and, and you know, feedback. I mean, really think about your start of the year trainings that you've had, you know, your in-service you know, trainings they need continuous conversation and follow-up sessions and and right you you may have spent all this you know money bringing in some expert to talk about differentiation at the start of the year maybe they did a half day or four day workshop with you well that's not gonna last more than a couple of weeks because ultimately the employee is gonna forget that they're gonna go back to what's most comfortable and that's why Training with coaching, training with support, training with ongoing support, 88% retention. You know, a great example is Henderson Collegiate uh, Charter School. It's, 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 it's one of the most effective charter schools that I've been um, inside. And Eric Sanchez and, 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 um, and his you know, team have this incredible model of every teacher gets somewhere between 100 and 120 touches a year, feedbacks a year. And could you imagine that two-thirds of your working year, 180 days in a school year, two-thirds, you're going to get feedback from a coach or a supervisor, you know, compared to the normal two to four that most teachers get. And they're getting great results uh, because of it. A Title I school that's, that's you know, been an A on the report card and, and, and the top, you know, one percent of, of, you know, student growth per year. I mean, they're getting the results, right? Results leave clues, and a big part of their success is their coaching and feedback model. Here's a, you know, another great example. Like, you know, myself, when I was when I was looking to recover from gambling, you know, those first 90 days in the Gamblers Anonymous program, I went to a meeting every single week. And we ended every meeting with "It works if you work it." Just give it those 90 days. And then around day 90, I had a, a huge, you know, almost um, uh, relapse. And, and, and I didn't do it, right? And it was really because those 90 days of continuous uphill habits overcame the 10 years of downhill actions that I had. But that continued. You know, I had calls with my sponsor. I continued to go uh, to meetings, right? I continued to work every day with one specific goal, one there. Don't gamble and all those things I had to put in place to be able to eliminate. It's, it's, it's over 15 years now. Same thing over and over. Just continually better habits working to get better. It's focused intensity <laughs> over time leads to better results. Okay. So the more that the individual gets to uh, not only be a part of the process of the training, but also puts it into play, receives feedback on it, and then has a, 
as an opportunity to teach others, right? At the most, at the end of my you know, uh, trainings, I ask three questions. What are you going to apply? What are you going to change? And what are you going to teach? When they get a chance to teach other people what they're learning, that's even raises the level of, of you know, growth and retention, okay? So reflection is a really powerful tool and it's all about evaluative experience, right? It's layered learning. It's not just a catalyst event. You know, listening to this podcast or this, watching this video is a catalyst event, right? You've got to put the, the, the learning from this you know, session into play, into practice over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes just part of your daily habit. Okay, valid experience, okay? If you do this, if you have in, in real intentionality with every training that you put into play and you make sure that there's continuous feedback and coaching support around that training, I can guarantee you that you're gonna get tremendous results with your team and at your school, all right? So coaching ensures that people get better. And in fact, I believe that you can't really lead at a high level if you're not coaching people. If you don't know how uh, to coach and, and coaching others also improves you as a leader, because as, as I've said, when you teach other people, right. And teaching isn't coaching. Those are different, right. But when you're having conversations with individuals, when you're, you know, talking about improvement and you know, growth. And so, you know, whether you're mentoring, coaching or teaching, those are three separate skills, right. I'm not going to go deep into all of them now. But those are three specific skills. But as you're doing it, as you're having that ongoing conversation, you yourself are going to get better because you're going to learn how to be a better communicator and how to make sure that what your you know what your people need. Okay, so it it really it forces you to get off of your own agenda. That's what coaching does. It you know forces you to be curious about why you know people do what they do. Um, right? How come you made that decision? How come you decided to bring that lesson into play? How come, how come, how come you weren't here on time? <laughs> what, what were the obstacles? What, what got in the way? What are you, you know, trying to do uh, to get better? And it, it takes listening to understand, not just to reply. And then assisting that leader in a better way forward. I mean, that's in a nutshell, how I coach um, you know, leaders and how I train other people uh, to coach, okay? So <clears throat> leaders who simply tell people what they did wrong and how they need to fix it, they're not leading. You're, you're managing, that's, that's the difference, right? Leadership grows people. Managing just, you know, <laughs> measures the things, okay? So, What is even worse, and I've done this in the past, and maybe you know, maybe you've done this, is when the leader not only tells them what they did wrong, but then they just take the task over, right? That actually diminishes the relationship between you and the employee. And this happens a lot, right? Or you know, the person you you know delegate the task, right? You give them the task and they do it, and it's not exactly what you want, and you don't even give them feedback. You just change it, right? You just you know change it or fix it. I mean, eventually that employee is going to reduce their effort. And and one of my favorite visuals is when John Maxwell talks about you know 
you, every organization has a leadership lid and you as the leader are that lid on the success of your organization. So this is your there, right? <laughs> if this is your there, where you're trying to get to a 10, but you're currently a five, right? You're halfway there. You know, your people are hitting their heads against you. Like you're, you're in the way, right? You're in the way. And what John did this, you know, past week, I've never seen him do this before. He said, you know, eventually they're not going to hit their heads anymore. They're going to give less effort. And I was like, wow, I watched this. I watched people give less effort because they know that the leader is just going to take the job over and do it. It doesn't matter how hard they try. It's never enough for their leader. And then the leader gets, you know, frustrated. The leader gets frustrated because, you know, the people aren't doing anything. It's huge. And it happens every day. It's probably happening to you. I know it's happened to me. It just creates this massive divide in the working relationship. It creates a culture of, of, of uh, dependent people. And what you want is you want to create a culture of independent people, right? You want, you want a, a non-dependent learning organization, right? A non-principal dependent. You want your people to be able to take over tasks and solve problems and, and, and handle it and tell you how they've handled it based upon how you've trained and coached and supported them, right? I mean, to, you, know, give me, you know, give me some sort of feedback here if this is what you want, because we're already making too many decisions. We don't have time to do all these other things. We need people to be able to solve their own problems. But if we're not taking the time to help and coach them to get there, they're not going to get there on their own. They're going to leave. They're going to leave. They're going to go find an organization that they feel valued in, that they're getting feedback from. See, the law of magnetism, right? John's, John's law of magnetism says that you are who you attract. And we don't produce what we want. We produce who we are. So if you're a micromanaging leader, you're just gonna produce more micromanagers, right? You're gonna produce low level leaders, right? As a result, we attract low level workers, low capacity workers. We, you know, we attract people that wanna be told what to do. We attract followers, not potential leaders. In your organization, our schools, we need leadership. We need leadership. I mean, give me a yes in the, in the comments or out loud or wherever you are, if you want more leaders in your organization. I don't ever remember a leader waking up saying, oh my God, I got too many leaders. You want leaders, not followers. And the leader's success is determined by the people that they surround themselves with. So if you're surrounding yourself with individuals who are low capacity learners, right? Low, low capacity leaders, then that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna work a lot. And you're going to be frustrated a lot. So as I'm looking for leaders, either on my team, right, or to recruit, I'm looking for these two things, right? Number one is, you know, you know people who have demonstrated improvement. And, and through our, you know, behavioral-based, um, uh, you know, interview uh, program that uh, we have, you know, we've got 100-plus uh, uh, questions that are really focused on, you know, behavior, uh, you know, what they've done in the past, right? Because anybody can kind of tell you 
uh, what they would do, what we want to, what I want to know is what have you done, right? So you can ask them questions about, you know, take me through a time where you failed in your leadership. How do you, you know, what did you learn and how do you lead differently now? Or, you know, you know, take us, you know, walk us through a time where you were, that, you know, you were stuck and, and, and you had to solve a problem and, you know, take us through the steps of what you did to be able to solve and overcome that, you know, challenge or, you know, you know, take us through the last, you know, five years. What, what books have you read? What conferences have you attended? Like, I want to know that you're a person who wants to grow, right? Right. I'm listening for, you know, stories of resiliency, you know, just, you know, people who had to go through something, right? They had to go through something. Uh, they overcame, you know, challenges, right? Maybe they paid their way through, you know, a college or, right? or, or they worked their way while they were in college, you know, nine jobs, you know, so that's what I want, right? I want, you know, you know, people who can, who, who can communicate to me and demonstrate that they are, they are um, all about reflection and personal growth because that's what you need. Right, you need that. So one is improvement, and two is uh, capacity. So these are the people who have a high uh, capacity for learning and for growth. Right? They're not. They're not the I don't knows. You know, I don't know how, or I, you know, I wouldn't even know how to get started. Right? These are the people that are constantly hungry to grab, you know, more things, hungry to learn, and they have high energy uh, capacity and high emotional capacity and high creative capacity, and like you can you can almost hear their story or watch their story and see them shift from me to we because that's an important piece right we want production out of people but most importantly to build leaders they need to be able to get production through people right through other people see that's that's one of the issues is that you know most productive leaders right they're productive for themselves or they're like single tasks but they're not always good leading teams and that's what you need right so you know you need someone who can lead who can lead teams okay hopefully this is adding value to you i don't know you know you know give me a like or or some sort of feedback in the comments or you know a rating uh that yeah this is good this is what i need tom or no i've already turned it off <laughs> hopefully not so, all right so let's keep going so there's two things improvement and uh capacity so now when i'm that's, that's who I'm looking for in my organization. So you may just, right, and we, we're actually going through a book study right now uh, developing leaders around you. And if you want to email me at tom at lbleaders.com, tom at lbleaders.com, we actually have, um, there's a, uh, a self-assessment. It's 20 questions, I believe, you know, of, and you could actually write down these people's names and then take them through a self-assessment and see, right, am I, you know, am I working to uh, develop and great? Okay, so now let's talking about when I'm coaching someone, right? So now I've got, you know, someone on my team and I, you know, you know, and they've passed the, the will test, right? They, they want to be there. They, they want to grow. They're eager uh, to grow. They're just maybe in the wrong position, right? Or, or, or they need, you know, they need help, right? They need help uh, to get there. So there's four steps in coaching people uh, uh, up, okay? All right, <clears throat> well, up. Or out. <laughs> Four steps. Step number one. Write this down. You got to set upfront expectations. Set upfront expectations. People can't meet or exceed expectations if they have not been agreed upon, right? They can't meet or exceed expectations that haven't been set for them. So ask them, it starts with them, 
what are your expectations in this uh, position, right? What is it that you know and think that you're responsible for? Okay, it starts there. And you wanna start with them because, you know, this is not a dictatorship. This is not you're, you know, overpowering them. Like you, you want to first seek to understand what is it that they think that they're responsible for. And they might need some time to do this. So maybe, you know, I've got a key result areas uh, questionnaire that's, you know, takes them through four or five questions. Happy to share it with you. Again, email me at tom at lvleaders.com or I'll put the link down here in the show notes for this key result areas exercise. This is really important, right? Because you need to know what they think they're responsible for. Because the second question, right? Because you're building the relationship there, right? You're, you're them first, off your own agenda. So you need to move away from that manager perspective. That's, that's what we're doing by way of asking them uh, to go first. And then, then you're going to say, okay, well, all those are good, or some of those are, and some of those aren't, you know, whatever they are. And then you set your expectations. You communicate to them, these are the things I really need you to focus on, right? Or these are the things that are actually coming with your, your job description or your key result areas. So you're going to close that gap. You're going to close that, that um, information gap. Close the assumption gap. Because they're assuming what they uh, need to do. <laughs> and you're assuming that they know what they need to do. So we're going to close that assumption gap through communication. And then we're going to put some, some measurable outcomes around that, right? This is what success would look like with this task. This is what, you know, success would look like here. Okay. So that's what you're going to do. First set upfront expectations. Um, and, you know, remember that you really need to connect here. And, and so what I mean by, you know, connecting is you got to make the space safe. You gotta um, understand that there's three parts of communication. There's the words that we use, uh, the way we say it, and 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 how we look when we say it, right? So the words, the words that we use are only seven percent of communication. The way that we say it, our tone of voice is thirty-eight percent, and our body language carries fifty-five percent of communication. So as a result, over ninety percent of what we are trying to convey has nothing to do with the actual words that we're using. So we're going to know our people. And that's why I love our DISC personality profiles is it really helps leaders understand one themselves, how they best to communicate and how they come off under you know, stressful situations and in their environment. But two, it gives them an inside look at the people that they serve. All right. So if they're an S style, a steady supportive style, like I've got a, I've got to slow it down, right? I've got to make it safe. I've got to give them a little bit of time to be social. You know, I've got to let them know that it's okay and, and there's no conflict here and things are going to be all right. I'm going to help them you know, through. I'm going to slow down my communication. I'm going to, you know, make it safe because they, they're a secret fuel is peace and harmony. And they're loyal people. They're, they're, they're the best employees you have, probably. And so I love the DISC personality profile. You know, again, man, if you have not done DISC uh, for yourself and for your team, you can come over to our website and shoot over to the store and uh, grab, grab yourself a DISC. Or again, email me at tom at lvleaders.com. This personality profile is the best tool uh, for your uh, leadership needs. And so, so 
then it, it, it's going to help you understand, right, how you're coming off and how you sound. Because, you know, remember, you can say the right thing, but you say it in the wrong tone and people are going to shut you down, right? They're going to shut, shut you off and shut you down. So, all right. So really remove these barriers. If, the, if this is a coaching conversation, no desks, right? Sit in some chairs across from each other, right? Just make sure there's no barriers in between, you know, the two of you turn the phones off, turn off distractions, put a um, sign on the door, right? No, no interruptions. So remove barriers, make it safe, really know your people and, and have a plan of your communication. And it could be, you know, um, we have this great, this great tool uh, that I learned from Michael Hyatt's No Fail Communication. And it's a frame your feedback tool. And it's, it's V-R-U-O-L. And so just real quickly, vision, right? This is what I expected to happen, right? Reality, well, this is what's actually happening. You help me understand. Help me understand, like, how come there's this gap? Okay, the O is opportunities. Here's some ways that you can improve, some options. And then the L is leadership. How could I have communicated this better? So we would have got a better result the first time, right? So that's a plan, that's a framework, a frame your feedback framework. And again, we've got that tool for you. If you, if you wanna message me, uh, Tom at lbleaders.com, I'm happy to share it with you. We've done multiple trainings on that model. Um, that I learned from Michael Hyatt, I've just made it a little bit better, right? Made it fit me. And you could use the framework and make it fit you. Um, the other is our, you know, coaching process that we use is called the uh, Tagaro model, um, right? And this is when, this is when, you know, the individual's bringing the, bringing the, uh, the uh, coaching topic to you, right? So, and this is what really should be happening. So after you set these expectations, and you've got a plan for success and you're helping them through some additional training and, and you know, feedback, and maybe you're meeting with them once a week or once every two weeks, they're gonna bring the topic to you. So T is topic, okay? What, you know, oh, I need to learn how to do you know, this or I'm feeling really stuck on this, right? And G is goal, okay? Well, what's this goal? And it's, you've already set the you know, measurable outcome, so it's maybe around one of these working goals, or maybe it's about, handling something or learning how to prioritize. Whatever it is, they're, they're gonna bring the topic and the goal. Okay? And the O is you know, the outcome. What do you, what do you wanna get from our time uh, uh, together, right? So after we leave, after this 15 or 30 minutes, what, do you, you know, what are you looking for? So TGRO, right? Um, uh, uh, R is you know, uh, reality. Like what's, what's, you know, getting in the way? What are, you know, what are the obstacles? You know, what's, what have you tried? And then, and then the O is options. But what are you, you know, of all the things that we talked about, what are you, what are you willing uh, to try? And the W is way forward. So out of all the things that we did, what are you most certain will be your next action step, right? So that's, that's one coaching model. We just learned another coaching model, uh, you know, through the John Maxwell team, through uh, Valerie Burton as our new, um, you know, coach, maybe some of you uh, know her, and, and, and hers is a little bit uh, simpler. Um, it's the A-double-O-A. So agenda, what do you want to talk about? The first O is obstacles. What are some obstacles getting in the way of your success? The second O is opportunities. What are, you know, what are, let's, you know, talk through some options and some opportunities for you to improve it. And the A is action. Doesn't matter what you choose, just have a plan. I mean, you gotta have a plan for your coaching conversation. 
Um, and if you haven't been through any coaching training, I mean, that's, you know, one thing that we could do. We could take you and your team through our, uh, our you know, coaching skills for leaders and managers uh, program. We would love, love to do something, you know, private for your team, and we do it every quarter um, as an organization. So, again, if you're interested, email me at tom at lbleaders.com. We, we would love to take your team through it. So, all right, so the first thing we did is we set expectations, right? Um, and then, and then, and then the second thing that uh, we did is is we um, we need to uh, connect, right? You know, to coach and have a plan. So setting expectation and and you know having a coaching process. Now, number three is that this is where you're really going to be able to decipher between skill and will because if you've set expectations and you've started to work with this person and and coach this person, right? And say maybe they're on their own. A 30-day plan or a 60-day plan or a 90-day plan. This is where you're going to know whether it's will or skill. Okay, is this a skill issue? Right? Are they in the wrong position? What are their strengths? And that's what I really love about the DISC personality profile is that it actually has has a strengths uh, component. You can have a an understanding of what their strengths are because it could just be that they're working in their areas of growth, right? They're working in their weaknesses and. Again, you know, the Peter Principle, which I've already talked about, this happens a lot in organizations, especially schools, charter schools, where you just bring someone in and we just keep loading them up with tasks because they're willing people, you know, they want to help. And then they just realize that they, you know, put themselves in the wrong, you know, the wrong position and then they've got too much. And what you hired them for is not what they're doing, right? Or not actually getting done. They're just overworking. Or the other piece is the motivation. Because like I said, they need to climb the hill. You need, it's your job to put the, you know, the ladder in place, right? Uh, you know, whether it's a rope swing, whatever it is, it's your job to put the structure in place for them to be able to climb that hill. But ultimately, it's their job to work to actually climb it, okay? So is it a will issue or a uh, skill issue? Um, work to identify the strengths of that you know, person. You know, again, with this, you know, a profile, it's a very, very low low investments, uh, less than $50, to, to have a better understanding of, of what are these person's strengths? How do I communicate with them? How do they work under stress and pressure? What's their ideal working environment, um, right? And it helps them, you know, build an action plan for, for themselves. This is, this, is, this is the time where you start to release people from their weaknesses, okay? Release them from, from the, the job that's, that's really creating the most problem. Identify what they're good at, and then find a role in your, your organization that aligns to those strengths. I'm telling you, they are going to be an incredible employee for you and so grateful for you for doing that. Or this is where time we just say, you know, I'm just not seeing the improvement that I need. We've done all these, you know, all these you know, coaching sessions. We've sent you to these training sessions. Like, how do you feel that it's getting better? And you just may come to an agreement that this just isn't working out. Okay, and and so let's let's create an exit plan. Like let's 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 help you find a role in another organization that that might fit. Okay, you want your people working ninety to ninety-five percent of their day in their gift zone, in their strength zone, but then ninety percent of the day also outside of their comfort zone. That's your job as a leader to be stretching people, right? To be making sure that the structure's in place for them uh, to grow. So one, set the expectations. Two, create a coaching environment, right? A leadership culture, a, uh, you know, an improvement culture. 
through uh, connecting with them through a, a coaching model. Number three is decipher, is this a skill issue or a will issue, um, right? This is really where you're coaching them up or coaching them out. And four, never, this is a huge one, huge. Never let intentions substitute for actions. And here's what I mean. Uh, oh, I was going to do that, but, right? It was on my list to do, or I've been meaning to do that. Or a good intention could be, I went to training, but I'm not doing it that way. <laughs> or I bought the training program, right? Or I have the training program and I haven't watched it yet. This is an easy one, right? This is an easy one. You have to have all conversations immediately. And one of the most uh, uh, highly attended trainings that I have that you know we do with people is our leading and communicating with difficult people. And it's shovel the pile when it's small, right? So as soon as, as soon as they're not meeting those expectations, as soon as they're not working towards the growth or the action plan, you've got to call it out. You've got to, you've got to go through the, the, the vision, right? Here's where my expectations were. The reality, here's what you're doing. Help me understand. No need for excuses here, right? Just do it, right? This is what you've, these are pieces I put in place. Here's your opportunity, right? But here's where you're gonna to start to really talk about impact. And I love this model. It's feelings, behavior, impact. When you don't X, right? When you don't follow through, or when you don't step in, or when you don't take the time, that's your behavior. It makes me feel as though what? You don't want to be here. You don't really care about growth, right? You're not, you know, you're not, I mean, whatever it is. <laughs> and then the impact. The impact is if you don't show improvement in that two weeks, I'm not going to be able to keep you. Feelings, behavior, impact, right? Everything needs a structure, okay? So we've talked about many different structures. We've, we've talked about some coaching structures today. We've talked about some framework feedback structures today, the VRULL. And now we've got this feelings, behavior, impact. And you can do it in any order. It doesn't matter, right? I just did it in, I did BFI. When, when you do this, this is how it makes me feel. And here's the impact, okay? So never let intentions substitute for actions, okay? You, you, you've got to shovel the pile when it's small. Um, and, and uh, you know, ultimately, you can't spend a lot of time here. You don't have the time. I need you to be spending your time with your top 20% people. Because here's the thing, the mistake I made in leadership is I was spending all my time with the bottom half. I was like, gosh, if I could just, if I could just get them as good, <laughs> they're not. Because, because the people at the top are who I've already described. They're the hungry improvement, high capacity for learning and growth. That's where you're gonna maximize your time. And then you can teach them you can teach them to lead and, you know, develop the bottom half, right? Ultimately, everybody's your responsibility, but you're gonna be able to multiply your leadership here, okay? So, I mean, honestly, how many times do you have to say, it's not getting better, or think it's not getting better, they're not showing improvement. Now you have to give them time, right? In those setting expectations, you set the timeline and the objectives that you wanted, right? That's what we did at the start of this conversation. And if it's not, you know, getting better, right? Is it will or skill? Get them the training, invest in them. I mean, the only appreciable asset in your organization is your people. 
So take the time to invest in because turnover is expensive, right? It's one and a half times the employee's salary. And if they've been there a long time, it you know increases and the higher responsibility in your organization, it's it could be up as four times as their salary. And as you know, someone who's you know taken over four you know charter schools over the last 18 months, I can tell you turnover is really expensive, right? Because one, you have to pay for someone to come in and fix it. And two, all the intellectual property and information that's you know being lost because of all that you know, turnover at, at the administrative level. It's expensive. Time's expensive, training's expensive. Okay. The longer you wait to have that conversation, the less the odds that it's going to happen. I hear you. I've done it. I've waited. And it's too late. Right at times, it's too late. And so here's the thing that you may not realize. Not only are you losing that employee, but you're also losing the credibility of all the other employees. You're losing the credibility of your top-level people. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that by me not addressing little things quickly, I was actually impacting our entire team uh, because I just, I just wasn't strong enough of a leader to do it, right? I learned the hard way. So have those conversations, shovel the pile when it's small. And so, <clears throat> you know, again, if you don't have those conversations, remember, you know, people are gonna give less effort. And the worst that will happen is when your high level people give less effort. Think about this, when you were a teacher in the classroom, remember when, you know, um, when you gave all the attention to the kids that were, you know, not uh, behaving, and all of a sudden, the good kids started to not behave. <laughs> Negative attention is easier to get than positive attention. And your people are craving for your feedback. You can't, you can't let your busyness be an excuse. It's going to ruin your business. Your busyness will ruin your business. Hey, that's good. Write that down. Right? Your busyness is going to ruin your business. Don't let it get in the way. Okay? Remember this, okay? A leader's job is to bring victory to the people. It's, the, it's the, to help them get to the finish line, to help them win, you know, the race. And so if you look at your organization in three, you know, categories, that there's 25% of the people who love you and will follow you and, and, and think you're doing a great job and will, you know, do anything you ask them to do. And then there's the bottom 25% who it doesn't matter what you do, they're always going to be against you. And, right? They're always going to be working against you. So you get your top 25, that's all for it, your bottom 25, but in the middle, you get 50% who haven't made up their mind. Your job as a leader to build up that top 25% and then to keep that middle 50 away from the bottom 25. I mean, ultimately, that's your job. But if you're not having conversations, if you're not shoveling the pile when it's small, if you're not setting clear expectations for how we behave here and what we do here, that 50% is going to be attracted to the bottom 25. Is that what you want? That's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. If you're not leading your organization where you're having those conversations where you need to, you're not being a good steward of your organization, right? You're not being a good steward. You're, 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 you know, you can't let your personal feelings supersede what's best for the organization. And I hear you. Sometimes it's just easy not to have the conversation. I used to physically, the, the first school I led was, it was an outdoor you know, campus that had separate buildings. I used to physically avoid one whole building because I didn't want to deal with the teacher. I didn't realize what a massive impact it was having on our entire organization. And by the time I 
finally had the, the guts, the intestinal fortitude to let that person go, they had already, you know, you know created all, all sorts of problems in the organization. And mainly, I lost the credibility of those that I serve. You make decisions, organization first, team second, you last, right? You're the least, you're, you're the, you're the least important, most important person on campus, <laughs> right? So the leader's job is to create the vision, to set the big uh, picture. And, and so by, 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 by me or you, you know, allowing people to not do their job, by, you know, putting people in a position of not being able to do it, you're actually making more work for your other employees. You're making more work for yourself. When you say okay to someone who says, hey, I can do that, I did that, you know, before, or now, you know, oh, I can do the website, I'm all, you know, no, stop it. Don't allow it to happen. Every time you say yes to one of those low-level, you know, decisions, you're going you're gonna to create a problem for that person, and you're going to make more work for you in the back end, creating frustration and losing credibility as, as a leader. This is where you really need to get over yourself, right? Your, 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 your personal feelings don't matter here. You need to put the organization first and do what's best for the people that you serve. You got to do what's best for that, that top 25%, those motivated backbones. Because if you're not investing in them, if you're not valuing them, they'll find an organization that will value them that will pay them, that will train them, that will put them in uh, expanded opportunity that really, really um, adheres to their strengths. I hope this lesson has helped you. I really, really thank you for taking the time uh, to be a part of it. And if this you new know, teaching added value to you, right, here are some next steps I would love for you to take. One, one is to, you know, um, and they're really easy. One is to is to share it out, right? To share this with, you know, someone else, right? And, and just go to wherever you're listening and, you know, rate it. If it's a one out of five, a one. And then just, you know, give me feedback. I need feedback, right? So make a comment, uh, rate it. Um, and the second is to, uh, if, if it did add value to you and you want to, subscribe because then you'll get notified every time that I put a new uh, lesson out for you, okay? Because I do this for you. I'm, I'm for you. As a school leader, I want you to be the best school leader you can be so you can impact uh, your organization at the fullest and, and kids learn and, and adults live, you know, work in a great uh, culture, right? So uh, share it out, like it, rate it, comment on it, tell me how I'm doing, subscribe. Um, and if you really, really want to go deeper with your learning, if I said it resonated, then you know, reach out to me. Let's, let's, you know, set up a one-on-one. If you're like, yeah, Tom, all that sounds good, but I'm not really sure how to do that. Or I'm not, you know, or, or I haven't had the training to do that. I was, maybe you're the person who was put in a position and you accepted a, a leadership position and you're like, gosh, I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily equipped for all this. You know, we can help you. That's, that's, that's what our team does. So go ahead and email me at Tom at lbleaders.com and, and just say, you know, um, set up a one-on-one, -on -one, right? And I'll help you and, uh, you know, get on your calendar for a one-on-one -on -one time that makes sense for you, either by phone or video conference. Uh, or you can go to our website at lbleaders.com and at the very top, right, 
there's a, a button that says uh, schedule a quick call, and then you could just you know, schedule a call right there on my, um, on my session. So um, I'm really excited for you. Uh, this is a challenging, challenging time, and it's a time that you need to develop leaders. And this is, this is where your organization is really, really going uh, to shine. And so, so go, go through those steps. Um, you know, take, take your notes and put now what are, you, what, are you, what are you going to apply based upon this? What are you going to change? And what are you going to go teach someone else? So keep making a difference out there, everybody. It works if you work it one day at a time. Take care. Hey, leaders. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you about an upcoming event that we have. It's our Live to Lead annual leadership simulcast. This Live to Lead event is going to bring the best thought leaders into your conference room, into your living room, wherever you want to watch this upcoming session. You're going to hear from five world-class communicators, leaders, thought leaders, thinking partners, uh, strategists, who, who are impacting and influencing tens of thousands of people around the globe every day. And we're going to give you a chance to learn from them directly. So go to our website at lbleaders at lbleaders.com. That's lbleaders.com. And at the very top, you're going to see an invitation for you and your team to buy your ticket to Live to Lead. You're going to have an extraordinary uh, time. Bring your team. You're going to feel uh, inspired, refreshed, and renewed. And early bird uh, ticket prices are closing soon. So go get your leader pass right now and take your team to the next level on October 8th.